This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Man that was made in the image of God was created with the power to make decisions. And that's perhaps our greatest power, the power of will, the power to make choices in life. And we're not robots, but we, we can choose to obey God, disobey God. We can choose to go one way or the other. J uh, Joshua chapter 24, 15 makes that plain. It says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Make a choice. Make a decision. And sometimes it's hard to make a decision about certain things. But today, we're going to study a question that involves making a decision. And the question is, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? You see, that involves making a decision. Stay tuned today as we discuss it. Now, we offer a free Bible correspondence course and that you might learn how to receive the course. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In Matthew, the 27th chapter, I'm going to read verses 22 and 23. We have Jesus in uh, before Pilate. And Pilate said to the people there, What shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? And they all said to him, Let him be crucified. And then the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. I want you to think about that question that Pilate asked. What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? I, I believe that every individual comes to a point in his or her life where we're confronted with that question. What am I going to do with Jesus who is called the Christ? Now, Pilate got an answer from the people that he asked that question to. And they said, let him be crucified. And they said, well, what evil has he done? They said, just let him be crucified. That was their decision as to what should do, be done with Jesus. But see, we are creatures of choice. We can make decisions about things in life. And as we exercise our freedom of will, what will you do with Jesus? Now, in answering that question, I want to ask some other questions that will enable us to answer the question, what will you do with Jesus? The first question is, what can you do with Jesus? 
Now, let me suggest that there's two or three things we can do here. We can look at it two or three different ways. Number one, you, you can accept Christ on the terms of his will. Love him enough that you're willing to keep his commandments, John 14, 15. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom, but the one who does the will of God in heaven will enter the kingdom. We, we can love Jesus enough that we will accept him. And then secondly, here's a second thing we can do. We can reject him. Unfortunately, Je Jesus was rejected for the whole of his life. Even when he was born, according to Luke 2 and verse 7, they found no place for him in the inn. And the, the world largely still has no place for Jesus today. John 1 and 11 says that he came to his own and his own received him not. They rejected him. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 42, Jesus said, Have you not read in the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. They rejected him. In John 5 and verse 40, Jesus said, And ye would not come unto me that ye might have life. They rejected him. So there are two things you can do. Number one, you can accept him, obey him, love him. Or number two, reject him. But third, you cannot remain neutral. You cannot remain neutral. In Matthew 5, uh, chapter 12 and verse 30, Jesus said, either you're for me or you're against me. For me or against me. Obey me or disobey me. You see, you cannot remain neutral. I remember talking to a man one time during a, a gospel meeting in which I was doing the preaching and and after a service one night, I, I talked to him. I said, you, you've listened so kindly during the services. I said, I just wonder, do you have any questions? No, I don't have any questions. Have you ever thought about becoming a Christian? Yes, I have. I said, well, what, what would hinder you from becoming a Christian tonight? He, he said, you just don't understand my background. I said, I don't know anything about you. This is the first time I've ever met you. But I said, you showed such interest while I was preaching. And I said, I just felt drawn to ask you about obeying the gospel. And I said, it's really simple. You either say yes or no to Jesus. And what seemed like 30 minutes was actually about 10 or 15. He just stood there and I said, it's either yes or no. And he finally, he, he looked at me and said, no. He made a decision. I'm happy to report that the next night he came to me and said yes. But you see, you're either going to say yes or you're going to say no to Jesus. You cannot say, well, I'm just not going to make a decision now. To not make a decision is to make a decision. To, to, to make a decision not to give your life to Christ is to make a decision to say no to Jesus. And so this is what you can do with him. Accept him, reject him. You cannot remain neutral. But then another question is, what does it matter what you do with Jesus? What does it really matter if I do anything with Jesus? Well, folks, it's going to matter in your own personal life as to what you do with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, think about the things that you need in your personal life that are affected by your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Don't you want to have some peace of mind? You say, well, of course I want peace of mind, preacher. I, of course I'd. Well, then you've got to go to the Prince of Peace. You've got to go to the one who is our peace. You've got to go to the one who came and preached peace. And that's Jesus. And the only way we'll ever have peace is through the blood of His cross. Colossians 1.20 You see, your peace of mind is dependent upon your doing the right thing with Jesus Christ. Isaiah 26 and 3 says that you, you will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because He trusts in you. Perfect peace. You see, it matters that you do the right thing with Jesus that you might have peace. Well, what about, what about your own personal salvation? What about the forgiveness of your sins? Don't, don't you really want to be forgiven? I, I, don't know if, I, I don't know that I've ever met an individual who was brazen enough and hardened enough to say, no, I, I do not want to be forgiven. I think all people desire forgiveness, especially as it relates to his relationship to Jesus and to God. And I'll have to do the right thing with Jesus in order that I might obtain that forgiveness. So, so you see, it matters in my personal life as to my forgiveness if I do the right thing. Listen to the Peter on the day of Pentecost when the people asked, what shall we do? We crucified Jesus. Now, what do we need to do? And he told them to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. So they were told to repent of their sins and to be baptized, that they might be forgiven. And we all want forgiveness, and it is only because of Jesus and his blood that, that can be obtained. Ephesians 1 verse 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. So you see, it matters what you do with Jesus. It matters in your personal life. Do, do you want hope? There are a lot of people that feel so hopeless today. They, they're not certain about the future. They're not certain about how things are going to be in their lives for five years from now, ten years from now or even tomorrow. They don't have hope in their lives. It has died in their hearts. Don't you want hope for the future? Jesus is our hope. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. And it is only in Jesus Christ that we can have hope. And it's because of that hope that we are able to express that and to tell other people about that hope. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready always to give an answer for the, for the hope that is in you, for the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. You see, you have to do the right thing with Jesus to have hope. Uh, Romans 8, 24 says we're saved by hope. And we can hope and live by hope. Titus 1 and 2 says, in hope of eternal life. In hope of eternal life. That we have the expectation that because I have the right relationship with Jesus Christ, I have the hope because I am in Jesus and He is mine and I am His, that I have hope of everlasting life when this life is over. So it matters in your life. But it matters in the lives of other people what you do with Jesus. Some people say, well, you know, it doesn't make any difference what I do. I live my life, they live theirs. 
It doesn't make any difference what I do as a daddy. My children, are uh, they can make their own choices. They can make their own decisions. You don't really believe that. I hope you don't. Because you see what you do, what I do, uh, has an impact upon the lives of other people. Because all of us cast a shadow of influence upon others. No man lives to himself. No man dies to himself. Paul wrote in Romans 14, 7. Well, are influencing people along life's way. And you see, it matters in the lives of the people that I influence as to what I do with Jesus Christ. Somebody says, I don't hurt anyone but myself if I don't give my life to Christ. I could only wish that were true. It'd be bad enough if you hurt yourself. But the fact is, we're hurting others. Our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, our friends, our relatives, people that trust us and love us. And if they can't see Jesus living in us, then in essence we're saying to them, you don't need Him living in you. It matters eternally. It matters eternally that I do the right thing with Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus in the 25th chapter of Matthew gave a scene of the final judgment. And there's the picture of sheep and goats, the saved and the lost. The, the saved on the one hand, the lost on the other hand, and a separation of the two. And Jesus said, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, Prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew 25, verse 41. My friend, it matters to you eternally that you do the right thing with Jesus. Now let's ask another question. Who determines what I do? Who determines what I do with Jesus? Well, God doesn't determine what you do with Jesus. God's done His part in giving His Son. He sent Him into this world. He sent Him to be the Savior of the world, 1 John 4, 14. He sent Him to save you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God's the original giver. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God doesn't determine what you do with Jesus, His Son. Jesus doesn't even determine what you do with Him. He doesn't determine it. He's not going to say, now, you've got to serve me. You've got to believe in me. No, no. It is His desire that you do. It is God's desire that you do that. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, 9. 1 Timothy 2, 4 says that God would have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So it is not God's desire that you be lost, but it's not God who determines what you do with Jesus. It's not Jesus who determines what you do with Him. The Holy Spirit doesn't determine what you do with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's done His part in 
revealing the plan of salvation that is in the New Testament as to what we must do with Jesus. And we have to accept that plan. John 16 to 13 reads, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He shall guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He heareth, that shall He speak. You see, the Holy Spirit's reveal what you're supposed to do with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's not going to make you obey it. The Holy Spirit's not going to make you follow the plan. It's up to you. So the Holy Spirit doesn't determine what you do with Jesus. The church doesn't determine what you do with Jesus. Maybe you've had church members talk to you. Maybe you've had preachers talk to you. And they've encouraged you and they've prayed with you and prayed over you. And, and it's to encourage you. And how you ought to appreciate that. But you see, they can't make that choice for you. The church doesn't decide what you do with Jesus. And the devil himself doesn't determine what you do with Jesus. You remember years ago, a television show that would, with Flip Wilson? And Flip's line was, the devil made me do it. No, the devil doesn't make you do anything. The devil may tempt you. He may dog you. He may come after you, but you're the one that yields to him. You see, the devil doesn't make you do it. The devil doesn't determine what you do with the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan may sift you as wheat, as he did Peter in Luke 22, verses 31 and 32. But we, are, we have the ability to resist the advances of Satan. James chapter 4 and 7 says, Resist the devil and he will flee. If you resist him, he will leave you alone. Well, somebody says, Well, then who determines what I do with Jesus? And the answer is, You do. You determine. You determine what's done with the Lord Jesus Christ. I used this illustration one time about a great election. You know, Peter said, make your calling an election sure, so I, I made a play on that passage. And I said, we've got an election, and we're, we're voting on your eternal soul that's worth more than all the world, Matthew 20, uh, 16, 26. I said, God's cast a ballot for you. God wants you saved. John 3, 16. Jesus has cast a ballot for you. He wants you saved. John 15, 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The Holy Spirit wants you saved. The Spirit and the bride say come, Revelation 22, 17. But on the other hand, on this ballot, the world wants you. You know, John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The flesh wants you. We're to abstain from fleshly lusts that war against the soul. And the devil wants you. They've all cast a ballot. All voted for you. So we've got God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit have voted for you. The, the world and the flesh and the devil have voted for you. And there's just one more ballot or vote to be cast, and that's yours. 
and you'll have to cast your ballot on one side of the other. What are you going to do with Jesus? Because you see, you are the one that determines that. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that, are, that, that labor and are heavy laden. And you are a part of that group that Jesus is talking to. And Jesus has given you the power and the ability as a free moral agent, as a person of will, a person of choice, to choose Him over the world, to choose Him over the flesh, to choose Him over the devil. That's why Jesus said, No man can serve two masters. He that will hate one, love the other, hold to one, despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. Well, what have other people done with Jesus? Somebody, somebody says, well, you know, Brother Lambert, I remember what the Bible says about Pilate, what Pilate did. Pilate let Jesus be beaten, and, and Pilate let Jesus be crucified because Pilate knew he was innocent, but he was a coward. I agree with you. Somebody says, well, I know what Judas did with Jesus. Judas betrayed Jesus, and Jesus called him his friend, and yet Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. That's what Judas did with him. Somebody says, well, I know what Peter did with Jesus. <laughs> Peter denied him. He denied, followed afar off. That's exactly right. And somebody else might say, I know what Demas did. Demas loved the world more than he did Jesus. And he said in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, Paul said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. But the question is not what have other people done. You see, the question is, what will you do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? And my friend, there's not a more important choice you'll ever make than that one. The decision that you make about Jesus Christ. And we can offer excuses. I've heard lots of excuses in my lifetime. I've heard people want to blame hypocrites in the church. I have. I've heard people say, well, you know, there are people in the church and they don't live right and they, they don't act right. I, I, I've sort of uh, in agreement with Brother John Harris, who's a gospel preacher, lived up in Tennessee many years ago. I, I've not heard anything of him lately. But, but I remember hearing him say one day in a sermon, if Noah could get along with a skunk in the ark, he could get along with a skunk in the church. There's always going to be people that don't act right, even among those claimed to be Christians. But let me tell you this, what consolation will it be to you on the day of judgment if you don't, if you don't accept Jesus Christ to stand there beside someone you claim that was a hypocrite in the church and to know you're just as good as they are? How's that going to help you? How's that going to work out for you? Somebody says, well, I'll tell you, Brother Lambert, the, the reason I've not made a decision for Christ is I, I just need more time to think about it. Well, how long have you been thinking? You said, well, I, I've been thinking. I, I, you know, I've been going to church. I've even been going to the church of Christ now a long time, and I, I've been listening to you for a long time. And, and 
I've heard, I think I know what I need to do. How long have you been thinking? How long have you been thinking? You see, we don't have forever to do right. Somebody says, well, you know, Brother Lambert, I, I, I've been listening, but I'm just not convinced that I know enough yet. Well, now, let me ask you a question. How much do you know? Just how much do you know? Let me ask you, do you know Jesus loves you enough to die for you? You say, oh, I know that. Do you know that you're a sinner? You said, I know that because I've heard you say that we're all sinners. That's exactly right. We're all sinners in need of Jesus. Do you know what to do to be saved? You said, oh, I've heard you preach it, Brother Lambert. Did you believe and you repent? You confess faith in Christ. You're to be baptized. And you've shown the scriptures that, that point out those things. And, and you've read Mark 16, 16, over and over and over. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. I know what to do, as I do. Well, friends, if I were you, I wouldn't want to know anything else. I'm not sure that I'd want to know anymore until I'd taken care of what I already know. You know what I'm saying? So somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, the reason that the reason I've never accepted Jesus is because of my background. You see, I don't want to condemn other people in my family that 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 had not heard the kind of preaching that, that you've been doing. I, I just don't want to condemn them. Well, I'm sure that your family, your relatives, even those that might be deceased, were honest people. And I think you would agree to that. What if they had heard what you have heard? What would they do with it? You see, the, we, we, get, we get down to the question is, when are you going to decide? And the Bible always talks about today, not about tomorrow, because tomorrow is written only on the fool's calendar. Boast not yourself of tomorrow, Proverbs 27, 1, because you don't know if you're going to have it. Obey Jesus today. If, if, if there was a way I could personally talk to you, I'd say, give your life to Christ now. Do it now. Call us. Let us get you in, in contact with some servant of God who will baptize you for the remission of your sins. I want to thank you for watching today. Pick up the phone, call for the Bible course. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. 
If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.